Hear Success Podcast. You hear it heard first. I cannot lose. I'm a winner. Got money on me now. Make them talk to me different. Was blind before when eyes like that. How's it going, guys? And welcome back to another episode of the Hear Success Podcast. I'm your host, Rakeem. Man, I'm honored to be here with you, Rakeem. John Adolph, Antioch Baptist Church. And I'm on with Rakeem Kennebrew. <laughs> and we're here today, uh, another episode of the podcast. And things have been going very well. Uh, lately, we've been helping you guys with like business things and stuff to get your uh, life on track as far as uh, financially getting your goals in order. But I want to help you today with uh, like personal life. Uh, let's talk about something that's not talked about a lot, especially amongst men, uh, how to love properly. Wow. Uh, when I say this, I say this from the heart. One of the most important imperative attributes that humanity can ever have that mirrors that of God is love. Yet it's the most complex, the most misconstrued, and the most misunderstood. Man, it's a good topic. This ought to sizzle today. And, and it's crazy because the reason why I thought of this topic was because um, I thought about my life and I thought about my relationship and things like that. How uh, my mom, she loved us dearly. She loved me dearly. And I, I told this story about uh, my mom uh, having me and my sister and she took in her uh siblings when her mom wow. passed away and raised them as well in the same house with us and uh my mom she loved us very much but uh when i think about it uh she's she's even told me this she had an issue with showing it wow um and she came to me and told me this and um and i feel like it affected me in a way uh to where in my adult life I have an issue with uh, showing affection and emotion, the softer sides of me, yes. uh, especially uh, with my girlfriend as well. And I feel like it affected me in that way. And uh, one thing that my mom told me was it was it's not on purpose. Uh, she shows tough love. And uh, the reason why she does that is because that's how she was raised. Wow. And um, so as an adult, me and my mom's relationship, we had a good relationship, but our relationship is 10 times better because we're able to show that affection. It's still iffy because, you know, a lot of people – uh, I see can go up to their mom and they kiss and hug. Me and my mom, <laughs> right. we have this. We love each other, but we yeah. when it, it's cringy in a way. I can't explain it. I don't want people to think we don't love each other, but we don't have that kissy kissy, lovey dovey emotion. Okay, so check this, guys. What Rakeem really is expressing is what's called passive aggressive behavior, where you want to show it. But you've been, you know, kind of trained antithetically to showing it or uh, where love for you is me just helping you. You know, I'm going to show yeah. up. I ain't, I ain't finna hug you. I'm finna help you pick up this because it's what you're supposed to be doing. <laughs> exactly. You know? Okay. I couldn't explain yeah. it. Oh, man. But wait, hold on. <laughs> Let me tell you this, guys. This is true. My family never hugged, never kissed. We never did any of that until August the 7th of 1980. If you say, well, what's August 7, 1980? It was the day my next to the oldest brother was murdered. Mm. Rakeem, he drove a truck, a semi, walked out the house early that morning, and the next time we saw him, he was hanging out of his truck. Well, it had hit a tree. We thought it was a car accident initially. Come to find out where his leg was pinned, he had been shot under the left shoulder and pierced the bottom of his heart causing him to die instantly wow my father had never told me boy i love you my father had never hugged me 
until that day. It's amazing lessons a casket can teach. So here is my thinking. This is my thinking to everybody watching the podcast. Don't learn from my coffin. Uh Just take my words from it. Don't learn from a casket you have to pick. Learn from the lessons that we're giving you for free. That there is nothing like love being an action word. Hold up. I got to throw this in. To say it is one thing and to say it and not mean it is something else. And to mean it and never say it is something else. Mm -hmm. If you gave me a choice, if I had to choose between somebody loving me and never saying it, or somebody saying it and never meaning it, give me the former. (laughs) Just love me. You ain't never got. But, you know, but it's good when we can make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich out of that. We can love you and let the actions be such that we're able to share that affection. And now that I think about it, in order to mend that in my household and make uh, love a priority, all I had to do, I was young at the time, so I didn't really realize it. All I had to do was take things from when I was at my grandparents' house. At my grandparents' house, uh, when I stayed with them for a while and uh, going out there for the summer, you couldn't wake up and not tell somebody good morning. Wow. You just couldn't. Uh, you couldn't uh, wake up in the morning and walk past, uh, we call him Big Daddy, my grandpa. Mm-hmm. Uh, we couldn't walk past him and say not say good morning. If your cousin was up first, you couldn't walk past your cousin and not say good morning. It's just, it, that's how it was in his house. And that's that's a small fraction of what we needed in uh, my household, my mom's household, and in order to mend that. So I feel like uh, teaching those lessons in the youth and while people are young to express love, that goes a long way as well. One of the premises of our faith as a believer in Christ is to love you first. Mm -hmm. Self-love is one of the most negated loves you'll ever hear about. Uh, In order for me to express it to you, I must possess it myself. Mm. Does that make sense? You know, so if so many times, man, people can be indignant mean abrasive pugnacious ugly and it ain't got jack to do with you that's the truth they have a struggle inherently with loving them first unfortunately god allows us to pick our friends and he gives us our families there are sometimes wish you could flip that. Let me pick my families and you give me my friends, but it don't work like that. It's because families often give us the inherent behaviors that we now practice. Doesn't mean they're right or wrong, guys. It just means that's what's been given. So like Rakeem is saying and his family at the home front, his mama raising all them children. She ain't got time to hug them all and kiss them all, but she going to feed them all. Make sure they safe and do all that, all of that spell love. But it made him grow up with an absentee ideology of what love could be like. At his grandpa's house, it ain't that kind of party. <laughs> you know, you finna speak when you walk in this door. And so it carries and connotes something different. Both houses were full of love, but one showed it greater than the and, other. And, it, and it's crazy because at that time I was like, man, why well, I gotta, I'm, it's morning time. Why well, I got to speak? But now that I'm older, I realize that goes a long way with kids because it, teach, it teaches a valuable lesson how to, how to love and get along with one another and things like that. Even if you and your brother had an argument uh, last night, it's over. 
now mm-hmm. it's a new beginning and you still love each other because that's your blood and you touched the subject that i was talking about uh that i was going to talk about uh later uh which is loving yourself first uh my mom actually sent me a um a message on facebook she said you guys you and pastor should talk about this on the podcast and what it was um I don't know. I think it's about 1940. They did studies on kids and they had a black doll and a white doll. I don't know if you heard of yes, that. Yes, sir. Yeah. Continue. And then, yeah. And then the uh, the kids, uh, unconsciously, they always picked the black doll as for the bad stuff, like ugly, mm-hmm. sad, or a bad person. And that goes a lot into loving yourself as well, uh, society and what society uh, depicts as beautiful and things like that. You know, it takes Black Lives Matter to a new dimension, doesn't it? It does. Or when you, listen, when you start painting ideas that make you think that black is bad, it's the big black being beautiful, mm-hmm. or black being not valued, it's the black being so valuable until it's just the root and source of all loving things. When you start looking at it, man, when you really analyze it, we've been taught subliminally not to like us. It's why you have people bleach their skin. Why you have, you know, try to straighten that kinky hair of yours instead of just being happy, being nappy. Just when you get through, man, to love you first is one of the most important aspects of your human existence. You'll be able to share it if you have it. But you can't give it if you ain't got it. It's and, just that simple. And even being able to see uh, people that look like us on TV, on uh, movies, uh, the Black Panther, uh, for example, uh, rest in peace. Um, that was a huge thing for black people to realize that I am a superhero. I can't yes, be. I can't be great. I don't have to be the villain. I don't have to be the person that the cop catches in the movie. I just gotta say one thing. It took long enough to get us one, didn't it? I mean, you know, you Man. just like I grew up with <laughs> Superman, Ultraman, Captain America. Ain't none of them got thick lips and nappy hair, which make you think, okay, in order to be super or a superhero, you have to look like that. But hey, you know what? God has a way of shifting the topology of things we see uh it was the beauty of having a first african-american president dude just think there were people guys who thought they would live and die and never see a black man in the white house hey right quick kudos (laughs) president barack obama thank god for you michelle amen all of that because it does it shifted the mental typology of everything we thought about us and it showed us we can oh it showed us we can yes sir and we don't have to uh just go ahead and live into what the society thinks that we are or not so that's right that's a good thing that we were able to have uh the Black Panther, Black President, and many more to come, in my opinion. I hope so. Uh, also, let's let's talk a little bit about uh, not only uh, love in the household as far as family. Uh, I'm not married yet, but you are. Let's talk about yeah, marriage. Sure. Like, uh, how do you know when it's time? Okay, guys, let me say this to you. You know, and I do this in counseling a lot, mm-hmm. uh, have online classes about this. So check this out. When people come to me and they say, Pastor, how do I know when this is the one for me, right? You know, you've dated several, but just what is it about this one, right? Uh, number one, here is how you know. When you wake up and can see in your heart that you don't want to live without them, mm-hmm. then you should make it your best to live with them no matter what that the sacrifice of living with them is worth it because not having them is too painful. 
Hold on. If you can get up and walk on, that is not the one. <laughs> you keep going. But if something tugs at you and says, okay, they got on my nerve and I'm upset about it too. And I don't like how this went or that went. However, I don't want to live without them. Then that is a key signal to me in the relational waters of reality that says you should connect with them marry them and don't let them go because that does not come every day um and i, I was having a conversation with uh my mom's friend about um she was she was basically saying the woman is the prize which is is true but I, a lot of men my age uh will come to me and we'll be talking and it was like okay when we go on a date with a female, uh, we we have to do all these things like uh, look nice, pay for the date, this and that. Can you name a few things? Because a lot of men my age feel like we have to do so much to prove that we're worthy. And what is she proving besides looking pretty? Okay, so check this out. <laughs> man, this is great. This is like, man, this sizzles. Done. Okay, so check this out. Chivalry. Uh-huh is the, and I want to say this, unwritten moral agreement that we have that says there is something about real manhood that makes a woman still desire that and respect it. Uh, A man's man is just something special. Hold on, with that being said, let me make sure I say this. Hey, sisters, lean close. Let me put something on you right quick. A working, God-centered, African-American man who is heterosexual and desires a family and willing to work to promote one is a rare jewel. Did you hear me? <laughs> I'm sitting eating lunch with the president of Prairie View A&M University four years ago. I just did the invocation for PV's freshman class. I'm enjoying salmon, asparagus, looking out over the landscape of the campus through the wall of a glass menagerie. I asked the president, I said, bro, president, let me just dig a minute while I got you. Tell me this. What's your greatest burden? Bro, president says, Dr. Adolph is 22 to 1. 22 to 1? What do you mean? He says, I have 22 young girls for every one African-American man. He says, wait, it's worse than that because the one part of the one doesn't really want a girl. He prefers another man. Did you hear that? 22 to 1? 22 to... Wow, that's crazy. 22 to a half. Because some of the one don't want another. So if you have a, a brother who says, wait, he has his flaws, he has his issues, but, you know, hold on, he is a man, he loves God. Well, you know, he has a walk with the Lord and he will work. You know, he ain't some, you know, hold on. Then you might want to hold on because they don't come every day. I know the stories from Facebook and Instagram. I don't need no man. Okay, then hold on. I promote sisters. Go ahead. Do your thing. But if you're talking about a long term relationship and and you're looking for an African-American man. Sir. It's a dominant dozen. No, no, this worse. <laughs> no, no, no. Let's try one in about 70. I read an interesting piece the other day that said men are like parking spaces in the grocery store that's packed during the Christmas season. All the good spaces are taken and the only ones that are available 
are handicapped. Hey, listen, it's not a joke. However, uh, Rakim's question was about why do we have to get dressed up? Why do? And it is because chivalry is not dead. Mm -hmm. The respect for womanhood still ought to hold high. Hey, sisters, lean forward. If you want him to respect you, you don't let him pull up to the house and tap the horn. Listen to me. You make him come to the door and receive you because how he treats you and receive you is how ultimately he feels about you. Hold on. If he doesn't know, lovingly teach him. Come here, baby. Open this door. If he can just say you open it. Hold on. At some point, you ought to want to receive me. Not because I'm pretty or dressed up, even though that is a factor. Hold on. Hold on to that. Keep that the whole your whole life. At the end of the day, it's the respect factor. It is a factor that says you can handle a woman like me. You can entreat somebody like me. Um, 24 years, Rakeem. This October, man, will be 24 years of marriage for me, and I'm still working on it. You understand? <laughs> Just wait. I tell my wife every day if I can, you told the Lord you would stay, right? So, you know, provisions and all of that is great, but when it comes down to it, I'm still working on that love element to perfection because I think it takes a lifetime to perfect. And can we talk a little bit more? Because I like I like where you went with that one. But uh, we always seem to um, tell the, the man what he should do. Uh, I want to get a little bit more into what things, characteristics should a woman have in order to be uh, a wife. They call it wifey type. <laughs> Check this out. So a few years ago, that was a movie produced with Steve Harvey entitled... Um, think like a man. Yeah, wait. Uh, 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 Not that, that uh, was, yeah, uh, think like a man. Act like a act like a lady. Think like a man. It was a, a book he made, right? Uh, it became a movie. It became yeah. But listen to me. I disagree with that. Hold on. I love Brother Harvey. Steve, if you're watching this, God bless you. Appreciate you. Let me go and take it in. <laughs> It's not act like a lady, think like a man. It's act like a lady, think like a wife. Mm. See, a, every woman ain't a wife. True. A sister can be a sister, do well in life, succeed, be blessed, and never be wife material. A wife is a whole nother species. Uh, she's a woman who could lead her own but chooses to make you her leader. Ooh, that's Ooh, rich. That's huh? crazy. Wait, hold on. Doc. A wife has enough money to buy it, but spends her time promoting use to help you own it. A wife is a special woman. And every, this good. Huh? Hey, y'all should watch that. Hold that's on. Crazy. Hey, wait, it's true. See, listen, a wife is a whole nother species. In fact, the Bible says a man that findeth a wife. Which lets us know every woman doesn't qualify. Mm -hmm. Whoever finds a wife, find a good thing. A good thing. Wait and obtains favor from God. Man, the favor of God is wrapped in those hips and those eyes. Oh, and that's when crazy because favor. I've heard that saying about favor, but this year alone and last year, I really understood what favor really was because yes, favor is when you when I try to explain it, it's like. When I people don't understand when I tell them I never want for anything, and it's it's mm -hmm. like soon as I even think about stressing, the phone ring and say, "Hey, can you come do this job for me?" It's <laughs> it's crazy because it's favor because I never 
my bills are paid. It's like I can go through life not having. To, I'm not rich, but I can go through life not having to worry about uh, bills because I'm I'm favorite. Somebody's praying for me. Yes, my sir. grandfather's praying for me. I'm pretty. You pray for me. Yes, my sir. mom prays for me. So it's like I pray for myself, and it's like I'm really understanding what true favor is, and favor is worrying less. Yes, sir. It's, 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 I can't I can't explain. You have to go through it yourself. But it's real. It's really real. Favor you know, real. let me just say it's amazing, man, because to watch God's favor be attached to you is something I wouldn't want to live without. And you know what? Something I, wouldn't I don't know without. if you agree with this, but uh, the, the people that you be around, their favor can kind of bleed off on you in a way. Oh, what, listen to and me. What just I, because you're associating with them and it's like. Man, I I'm blessed because he's blessed. It's, yes, it's sir. just it's crazy. You know what? Well, here's how it works. Favor is both direct and indirect. Mm. So it's what we call direct blessing and indirect blessing. My son worked over the summer. He earned eleven hundred dollars and eight eleven hundred eighty seven dollars. Right. Uh, his money is in a little savings account. He buys tennis shoes, whatever. But his father's favor benefits him, because mm-hmm. he just does that one shopping. Dad, can we go buy? Sh- can we go shopping? Yes, where we gonna go? We went to the store. He picked out t-shirts, tennis shoes. He didn't spend any of his money. He looked at me and said, "You got me." Why? Favor. Favor is indirect. Sometimes and you're blessed because others around you are blessed. And talking about his uh, father's blessing, uh, bleeding off on to the son. Uh, I was in Kerberville, um, Kerberville, yeah, and I was, uh, this was like three years ago, three or four years ago, my car had messed up, I pulled to the side of the road, I pulled in front of a, a, a ranch or whatever, you know, it had big house and cows and stuff like that, I was there for quite some time, I look, and I see the, um, it was a Caucasian people house, they came outside, they was looking, and they were on the phone, I'm like, oh man, they're calling the police. Oh, right, 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 <laughs> this ain't no good scene. Yeah, this is not right. good, and I'm in Kerberville, too close in the middle or out there anything could happen so uh the cop pulled up and luckily uh he got my id and he said kennebrew 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 he said yo uh your grandpa elroy and then he wow. was just he was just so nice to me because he knew him but i'm thinking about in, in today's world that could have went totally different oh you know what I'm sir saying? so sir. i was just so lucky that he knew my grandpa i was so happy i was like okay great he knows him he was being nice hey you want me to take you to jasper i said no they, my grandfather's on his way coming to pick me up it's fine he was, he offered to take me to jasper so i'm like wow this favor crazy. that's crazy but you know what? That's indirect favor. Mm-hmm. Then there's sometimes favor is direct, King. Yeah. It's where God blesses you. Where you can look up and say, I don't know why the phone wrong. I don't know how I got this gig. I don't know yeah. where that money came from. I don't know, really know how that happened. It's just God. That's me. That's me lately. That's how I've been for the last year or so. I'm like, man, just stuff just keeps happening. I don't have to. And you know what? Having favor, it, it it teaches you to not worry in a way to where I don't even, I feel like it's an insult to God for me to worry in a way. So I'm like, uh, yes, I got this coming up, but let me not stress and dwell on this because it's an insult. It's a slap in the face because he's done this and that. So it trains you not to worry so much. You know what's a trip, man? So many people live on the corner of worry, disgust, and dismay every day. And it does offend God, man. To hear you say that is so rich because it's true. Because God is saying, I just paid you stuff. 
I just took care of your son. I ain't learned yet. I just, well, what, what, what do I have to do? You know, I just showed you you good. And so, and still, man, and our human frailty. And hold on, for all y'all watching who still worry a lot, this is not to beat you up. At all. It's really just to make you say, hey, he did take care of me the last time. And wait a minute, I'm favored too. I can relate to Rakeem. You know, hold on. You know, he takes care of me like he takes care of you. Favor will do that. Stop remembering like the bad times and remember uh, the part where you got brought out of the bad times. So you, you're focusing on the bad times, but you're forgetting the end result of those bad times. Stop, stop doing that. You know what it comes from, guys? A faith file. Everybody watching. Whether you go to church every Sunday or if you like many of us, we've been kicked out. But never let that hold on the story. You know, and let's say, you know, you say, Pastor Adolph, I'm not no super religious person. I would say to you, okay, you still have a faith file. You've been trapped between here, that, and nowhere but made it. So when you get through, there is no formula you can say, here's how I made it. Here is why I got through. It's just you and God. God just made a way out of nowhere. And that faith file is living in you. And God let it remain. If you've been sick and got well, ooh, that's in the file. Wait, if wait, have you ever had one too many to drink and still made it home? Ooh, that's in the faith file. Wait, can you say honestly, man, I could have been dead by now, mm -hmm. right? Just straight dead, but I'm alive. That's in the faith file. Have you ever had somebody you were a classmate with looked healthy and strong, just dropped dead? You here just pushing on, got all kind of issues. It's in your faith file. I believe you have a faith file that's growing every day. And when we worry or doubt or stress or look around and say, why me? God is saying, are you kidding? The faith file is here. Through all that you've been through, it's a testament, a testament and a testimony to the favor of God on you. Okay, and I kind of uh, cut you off there when you was talking about the attributes of a wife. We got a little caught up with the favor, uh, but uh, go ahead and continue with that. <laughs> well, they relate so closely because the Bible tells us that if you choose a wife that's a real wife, mm -hmm. it comes with his favor attached. That you choose a wife who is a good thing and obtain favor of God. So along with a good sister, comes divine favor. In short, a woman scorned can cause you harm, but a woman favored can bless you forever, period. A wife is a very unique woman. Um, she can take pieces of a cloth and make quilts. She can take ruins in the kitchen and make a meal. She can take nothing and make something with it. She can put up with your stupidity and make you look intelligent. It's her, man, listen, she is the most extraordinary creation in all of the world is a wife who can really be one. And what happens is cute women, nice sisters, sisters that can do different things think, okay, I'm a wife. I know I am. Truthfully, not many are wives, only a handful. She's like a precious gem because she knows that who she is and what she has to offer ought not be treated as any kind of way. Don't call me out my name and expect me to answer. She ain't with that program. Hold on. And her friends will call her bougie, but her man will call her blessed. It's because she has something that other sisters just don't have. And it's amazing. Hey, sisters, you know real wives when you see them, even if you are, are not one. You can say, you know what, something different about her. 
And so, and if you ever want to find these in the Bible, Proverbs 31, start with verse 10. It talks about a virtuous woman. Uh And the real truth is she's just a wife. She has her own land, got her own money. She good. Do you feel like being a husband or being a wife, do you feel like that's taught or do you learn that over time? Like, how do you, how do you collect all these attributes to be a good husband or a good wife? Okay. So first let me say this. I believe some of this is just interwoven into a person's fabric and fiber, who you are. It's like saying, is everybody a good athlete? Can you teach basketball to someone who doesn't know it? Nah, you can. But every blue moon of LeBron James comes along. You know, he's just wired for that, you see? And so the truth of the matter is, being a good husband is a set of principles that someone has to teach you. Like being a cook. Watch this. Have you ever noticed on the professional level of sports that people just change teams? Man, Tom Brady is playing with the Bu- pa- who is uh, it? Buccaneers. Whoever he playing Buc- with. Tom Brady not even there no more, man. Cam Newton is now with New. It England. don't seem right. Wait, now <laughs> it's because they possess skill sets. A person who can cook does not need cooking lessons from you. They have a skill set. Folk in the kitchen don't mean you can cook. You may not know a butter's knife from a butcher's knife. You don't know a skillet from a doggone saucer. You lost no culinary skill. You can say a person who plays piano can go into a toy section at doggone Walmart, pull a piano down, and just go to play it. Why? Because it's a skill set. So in marital relationships, it's that one of the only places people say, I'm going to get married. I'm going to have a long-term relationship and have no skill. So, yes, there are skills you can learn. And do you feel like in, in finding the, the right partner, we have to tailor our expectations? Uh, sometimes expectations can be too high when it comes to uh, finding a mate. Uh, do you feel like – when do you know when to, okay, I need to deal with that because she has this, or I need to not deal with that because this isn't strong enough. <laughs> Okay, so y'all, what Rakeem is discussing right now is called idiosyncratics. Idiosyncratics are those hidden issues in us that make us not all that perfect up close. You see, when you first meet somebody, I can control the proximity and I can control what you see and who I am. But if you hang around me long enough, I get on your last nerve because I have these idiosyncratics. I have stuff that just I ain't perfect either. And uh, and I seen I think I was uh, watching a YouTube video or something I can't remember, but uh, the guy was saying he was saying how uh, we be with somebody. We need to be with a person through all their seasons in order to know if we should be with them. What he meant by that, he was saying like. Uh, two years down the line or three years down the line somebody does something and you don't like it and you think it's because they change and it's not because they change it's because you hadn't seen that part of them when they had to deal with that season is which is the reason why uh a lovey-dovey um high school relationship doesn't isn't equivalent to after you've been out of school because people act a certain way it's different you can be all happy when you're in school. You don't have any bills. Uh, the lights haven't got turned off. The uh, You haven't got the notice for the cable bill, light bill, anything like that. You need to see how people react when they're happy, things are going well, 
under pressure when things are going bad and things like that in order to know if that's the one for you and uh he was just basically saying how uh people it's not because people have changed and they're not the person you once met you just haven't met them in that season you know what let me say this remember this guys long-term relational structures are built on forgiveness and acceptance Put that, listen, we should literally send y'all an invoice for that. It took years <laughs> for me to learn that. Acceptance, forgiveness. Under the category of real love, so we're talking about love today, acceptance. If you can accept who they are and forgive what they're not, you can make it. If you have, now hold on, pump the break. So, Pastor Adolph, are you saying if I'm involved with somebody and they beat me like Ike Turner whooped teen, I'm just supposed to accept that? No. I said acceptance, period. Mm -hmm. But acceptance is not surrender. If you're being beaten, run. Never go back. <laughs> Wait. Leave them a, a thank you card with a Band-Aid in it. <laughs> the thank you card would be self-explanatory, but the Band-Aid will need some help. And when you talk to them the next time, tell them thank you for everything, but you have been cut from my program. Because if you're going to put hands on me like that, you should not be anywhere near me. At the same time, here's what I'm saying. What can you really accept in the person that you say you really love? Can you accept them being loud, obnoxious, not clean all the time, hurtling over dishes that got gnats around the water. Oh, they too clean. They so neat and clean. They driving you crazy. Can you handle their family? And a, what about the in-laws? And another thing we, we have to learn uh, is also to, once we accept these things, try not to bring them up all the time. Mm -hmm. Like all the time. You accepted that. You knew she did that. He, you knew he did that before uh, y'all moved together. And you decided in your heart, in right. your mind, that you wanted to accept that. Let's not nag about it over and over again. That's that's a thing that I feel like I and a lot of people, a problem that we have. Now, let me say this. That's nothing more than secret, covert manipulation. Sometimes, depending on its extent, it can really be hatred in disguise. True. See, watch this. If Imagine this, y'all. I was 278 pounds when I got married. I'm 290 right now. Imagine my wife walking in saying, since you don't have ripped abs and pecs that I just believe ought to look like ought to be on a brother, <laughs> and since you don't have guns enough, I'm out of here. Well, hold on. I was big when you met me. You so just accept me for what I am and learn to forgive me for what I'm not. It makes it work. So the idea of trying to change what I am is really a covert manipulative that says, I can live with you, but only if you make the changes I like. <laughs> Y'all, that's dangerous. And it's really immature. Children do that. The more you begin to realize who your partner is, what flaws they possess, how they are, the better you're going to be. And getting into our uh, last part of this conversation, we, we can't leave this topic without talking about it. Uh, if you love long enough or if you're just beginning to you know date or anything like that, you're going to experience some heartbreak, uh, maybe, or do you think it's a maybe, or you think it's... So, guys... Are you going to? <laughs> check this out. I just returned from Israel earlier this year, and I noticed, Rakeem, 
that they had these little bottles all over Jerusalem, guys. Uh-huh. I'm like, what are these? You know, what you put in here? You know, is this for grape juice, water, your favorite beverage? I don't know. So I asked this older Hebrew gentleman in this market. I said, what are these? He said, lacrims. What's a lacrim? A lacrimatory. What's a lacrimatory? I figured out that that lacrimatory glands are the glands in the body that produce tears. Mm. He said, these bottles are gifts you give people in Jerusalem when a person gets married. You hear that? When someone dies or when a child is born. Why? Because all of them are going to make you cry at some point. Wow. A casket will pull it. A heart, a child that's gone astray can make you lose your mind. You'd be just go. And a spouse or a loved one that says, I thought I could trust you. I thought you had me. I thought we were together. I thought you meant what you said. I thought, I thought it can crush you. So, yes, tears are just something that will happen. And we can't talk about it without saying, how do you deal with such heartbreak? What do you what do you think? Because I know um, on our first episode, you talked about isolation. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you feel like that's the same with heartbreak or you feel like you should be around people in order to deal with it uh be around them but i like pj martin man so Love hold on now pj my- says i don't want to go through your phone <laughs> i ain't trying to figure out who you talk to wait i'd rather keep living in my daydream let me live it wait you with me, you with me. let me just live in my daydream because what i don't know i don't need to swallow mm-hmm. because here's the truth watch this this is on a churchy tip but feel this when a person gets together with someone they love, at best that person can be is a sinner. Mm-hmm. So why get with a sinner and expect no sin? That's the dumbest thing ever. You got with a sinner, and the more you're with them, the more sin you're going to see. So for you to get with a sinner not expecting sin, it's like going to the beach expecting not to get a tan and the sun is shining. You should anticipate this from your person that you love. They are imperfect at best. But here's how you know you ought to keep them. Even though they're imperfect, they're perfect for you. And that's so true, Pastor. And we're going to go ahead and uh, end this podcast today. I am very happy with how that went. But you know we have to end with the quote of the day. Yeah. Go ahead and give it to us. Man, our quote today is from a Hebrew idiom that is beautiful as it relates to love. It is the most quoted piece of literature in all of Hebrew history. It is Shema Israel Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Ahad. It simply means this. Love the Lord with all your heart, your mind, and your soul, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. God bless you. Oh, man, that's that's beautiful. And I want to thank you guys for listening. If you're listening on any podcast app, again, I want you to rate us five stars. Also, if you're watching right now on YouTube, go ahead and like, comment, subscribe. Uh, Tell a friend about the podcast. Uh, If you enjoyed this, comment your thoughts down below. If you want to add to what we just was talking about, comment that down below as well. And remember, you hear it heard first. Thanks for listening. I cannot lose. I'm a winner, got money on me nine, make them talk to me different. Was blind before with nines, like they all got no vision. And wanna be my friend now, but I gotta keep my distance. I cannot lose ever, I feel like the GOAT now. But I ain't on no phone.